Welcome. I'm Victoria Schnepps, president and co-publisher of Schnepps Media and a power woman podcaster. And today, wow, you're going to feel the power of our wonderful guest, Dr. Sandra Scott. Sandra, I'm proud to say, is the executive director of One Brooklyn Health at Brookdale Hospital. Welcome, welcome. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited for uh, this conversation. Well, I think, you know, uh, women uh, today, and you particularly, have climbed the uh, ladder of great success in your career. And I'd just like to wonder if you would share with us who influenced you as a child growing up to be the person you are today? Well, so I would say um, family, right? So I'd have to start with my grandmother, my, uh, and I would say my grandfather also. So my paternal grandmother was a trailblazer. Uh, she was a, a, a very spiritual woman. I think uh, I grew up in, in Louisiana. So I was born in New Orleans and raised in Baton Rouge. And so there was this combination of religiosity and spirituality, right? And so I grew up with her uh, really establishing in me some very core principles of, you know, right speech, right thought, and also being concerned about my community, right? And so my grandmother was someone who took care of the people around her, whether they were family or not. There were, I had tons of cousins and I didn't necessarily know which ones were blood cousins versus adopted cousins. And so I think that understanding and, and believing that I had a responsibility not only to my immediate family, but to my community was a very good starting point for me. And then my father and mother were very much uh, focused on education and the value of education, right? So no one can take your knowledge away from you. Um, and so that, that curiosity about learning new things really helped me to be successful from an academic standpoint. And then I'll say one other unusual person that, that really propelled me in medicine was Marcus Welby. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> so I used to watch more. Some, some people listening may know who Marcus Welby is, but Marcus Welby was this adorable show about a family medicine physician. And it really wasn't about the technicality of medicine. It was really about his relationships with his patients and how he healed through relationships. And so that's really at the age of six years old, I decided I wanted to be like Marcus Welby, um, who didn't look like me, um, but I really, his, his caring nature and his healing nature really resonated with me as a, as a young child. Well, you know, it's funny. I had a second grade teacher, Mrs. Boroff, that I adored so much. And that's why I wanted to become a teacher. My message is in teaching. So, you know, there are people who touch us in ways we don't really uh, understand until later, looking back, the impact they had on our lives. And we actually have impact on other people's lives in the same way. I think um, certainly in the past five years or so, I've started to recognize that just like I watched Marcus Welby on television, there are people who see me um, and it really resonates with them and helps them to, to move forward in their lives as well. Well, this is, you know, um, touching people. You know, I think there's just so everybody's so rushed to move on in their lives. And I think what was precious about Dr. Welby was the fact that he touched lives and he listened. That's right. That's right. So I think, you know, in a way, you know, growing up myself in Brooklyn and seeing how uh, Brookdale Hospital, Interfaith Hospital, 
Kingsbrook Hospital um, have coordinated into this one Brooklyn health system. Can you tell us a little bit about how that happened and what, you know, I'm, I'm right now, I'm very much on the mental health service available because of what's going on in our world with this terrible violence. So could you share about the power of this one Brooklyn system now that you're part of an executive director of Brookdale? Sure, sure. So these three hospitals are what's called safety net hospitals, right? So a large percentage of our patients uh, have Medicaid insurance, so government insurance. And the, the rates that we're reimbursed by Medicaid is about 60 to 61 cents on a dollar, right? So there's no margin. So by design, because we take care of a, a population that relies on government insurance as opposed to commercial insurance, when we're reimbursed for the care that we provide, we're reimbursed at 60% of what the cost of care, right? And so we work with the state to help to close that gap so that we can provide quality care for our community. Now, these three hospitals were struggling, struggling to survive. And there was uh, a, a very forward thinking idea from the governor's office to let's, let's see about consolidating these three hospitals into one system so that we can better utilize the, the resources, right? So what I mean by that, for example, is all three hospitals had inpatient beds, people, you know, beds that we would admit patients to. But did we need all the beds that we had in all three hospitals? Could we consolidate some of those beds and those resources and be able to provide a higher quality of care, right? So rather than have the resources spread across the three institutions. So the whole idea was for these three hospitals to come together and be able to work together rather than competing. Imagine three failing hospitals that are about a mile or two from each other competing with each other. So we're no longer competitors. It's a three-way marriage, um, and we're working together to improve the quality of care for our community. And also, I would say that our community, our community suffers from health inequity, right? Mm -hmm. And so our mission is to work with our community partners to be able to transform how we deliver care so that we provide um, you know, a better, higher quality of care for the patients. Well, you know, I think today with all this um, gun violence, we're pointing out that uh, many of the perpetrators are mentally ill people. And the homeless are not necessarily homeless. They're mentally ill people who are homeless. Mm -hmm. How is the hospital able to effect that? Is each hospital offering different kinds of skills or if there's, is there any psychiatric inpatients going on? Oh, absolutely. So you may know that many hospitals have gotten out of the mental health business, and it kind of goes back to that reimbursement uh, uh, scheme that I talked about, right? Mental health services are not adequately reimbursed. So if you're a for-profit hospital or you're a hospital that's focused on having a margin and making a profit, you get out of the mental health business. We are not doing that. In fact, we're diving in even deeper into the mental health business. So due to a uh, grant from the state, we are actually creating new and better inpatient um, mental health services. And then we're also looking at how do we transform the way that we deliver the care in the community, right? It used to be, for example, if you had a substance abuse issue, you would go into an inpatient detox program. Well, we know that's not really the best way to, uh, to help someone recover from their addiction. 
or to overcome their addiction. Really, the best way to do that is to keep them in the community, right? And to help them to, to, uh, to battle their addiction in the community. And so we're looking at how do we do that? How do we transform the way that we deliver mental health services and really put the services in the communities where the people live? So One Brooklyn Health is, is dedicated to uh, mental health services, and we're actually diving head in, and we're going deeper and deeper, and our goal is to provide more and better mental health services to the community. So do you have any urgent care centers? I know Jamaica Hospital has some on the street clinics because not just the massive building itself. Are you doing something like that too? Yes, we do have we do have one urgent care center, which is actually right across the street from Brookdale Hospital. And then we have at our Kingsbrook campus, we have what we call a standalone emergency department. So it's a it's an emergency department that's not attached to an acute care hospital, but the patients who require admission or more advanced services are brought to one of our other two campuses, either to Brookdale or to or to Interface. So, for example, if someone walks into the Kingsbrook Emergency Department and they're having a heart attack, then that patient would be quickly transferred to the Brookdale uh, cath lab where our cardiologist would be waiting to provide them with services. So that's the way that we have the services in the community. And then should patients need a more advanced care, then we move them very quickly to the appropriate setting for that care. You know, we, we, uh, we did an editorial this week and we're talking about opening, you know, when you have a, um, you know, a, a bruise or you have a, a concern medically, you sometimes go to these urgent care centers. Well, why shouldn't the urgent care centers also have on staff a psychologist or a mental health provider that's just right there, just like the PA or the doctor at the urgent care center? Because people are comfortable coming into an urgent care center more than they go to a hospital. And I would even say, um, to take your thought a step further, we should have mental health urgent care centers, right? right? So right now, if you're having a mental health crisis, you're brought to an emergency department. And you, you come into that emergency department and you're, you're commingled with patients who are having other kinds of health emergencies. And then you may be transferred to a uh, psychiatric emergency service area. But just imagine if we actually had mental health urgent care centers where the focus of the entire urgent care center or um, kind of emergency setting would be mental health services. Um, so I think that's an example of how we should, we can be more innovative in how we deliver care. So if you're feeling depressed or if you have a, a teenager and you're concerned about that teenager's um, addiction, rather than going to a big scary ER, you could actually take that that um, family member to a mental health urgent care center where all of the services are focused on mental health. So I think you really have highlighted an, an innovative way that um, the community should think about delivering mental health services. You're so I'm right. the service idea to you. <laughs> You're in a position to, uh, with your wonderful network of One uh, Brooklyn Health to start talking about it. I even raised it with Eric Adams, our wonderful new mayor. Uh, because I do think we've got to start putting the spotlight on creating centers like this because you need them in every neighborhood. And I think, you know, uh, raising the uh, voice of uh, that kind of delivery of care. I couldn't think of a better person than you, uh, Dr. Sandra Scott. So uh, tell me a little bit about 
secrets to success we could share with our listeners. You know, we are power women, all of us. And, but we, you know, how did we try get to that point? If you could share some thoughts with us that we could share with our listeners. So I think, I think the first thing is to be knowledgeable about the challenges that women face, mm. right? And then be able to see those challenges within yourself. So I'll be more specific. So for example, if you have a position posted like an executive director or CEO position, I can tell you that men have no problems applying for those positions and they may be qualified and they may not be qualified, right? But a man will say, I want that position and have confidence about that position regardless of their credentials for that position. Women will second guess, third guess, and fourth guess themselves before they put themselves forward for, for that position. So uh, we were talking about courage, right? So being courageous enough and confident enough to know that you can do the job, right? And you're, not, you're never gonna know everything you need to know to be able to fulfill a position. Right. And so I think a lot of time, not I think I know and I know that, you know, this too, women think they have to be over prepared and then we won't even get started about, you know, people of color. Right. But women want to be extra, extra, extra prepared before they put themselves for it. So no, that's the number one thing I would say. The number two thing I would say is you're going to face inevitably you're going to face the challenges of misogyny. Don't take it personally. Right. So when you're in a boardroom and you make a comment and nobody hears your comment and then a guy repeats exactly what you said and suddenly everyone's listening to that comment, don't take it personally. Right. And, and find ways when you have the courage to I'm not going to say you're going to have the courage every time that happens because it's going to happen all the time. Right. But when you have the courage, stand up and say, you know, that's exactly what I was saying about 15 minutes ago. Right. <laughs> You know, and I would say number three is keep your eye on the prize. I think being uh, forward thinking, having a vision, see yourself where you want to be every day. I really believe that if you if you really envision what you want in this world, whether it's career, family, uh, spiritual health, if you envision what you want, where you want to be and you keep thinking about that and you see yourself there, you're going to get there. You're going to get there. What wise words. Wow. I thank you so much. We've been talking with Dr. Sandy Scott, who is the executive director of One Brooklyn Health's Brookdale Hospital Center in my beloved Brooklyn. So I am so pleased to have had this moment in time to talk with you and to hear your great wisdom shared with all of us. So this is Victoria Schneps. Until next time, from Schneps Media. Thank you. Bye now.